cooking it's cooking out here in portland oregon it's fucking hot man hey i'm trying not to complain about it i don't remember i don't know maybe it always does this at the beginning of september and blasts us with some heat before the uh the cold fall and winter come right, try to soak it up though. so yeah i'm gonna go ahead and try to do my best to not I know, complain I just, about like, it i was soaking up the days where it was like 78 82 like those, those are the those are the perfect summer oh, days yeah. and to have like 90s is sort of like i don't know i'm just not into it yeah it's not great i'm not here for it as the kids say is that what they're saying i think so well i'm here for this cool. i'm here for bible well, I'm, buds I'm here for this as well i'm here to Get spread, into the good word. Yeah, I'm here to spread the good word. I'm here to interpret it through the eyes of marijuana and psychedelics. Through multiple lenses. <laughs> All kinds of sunglasses. All kinds of lenses. You always go with sunglasses. No one has ever said sunglasses except for you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you just like it. <laughs> I just like Well, the thing about sunglasses is they it is a very intense lens that you have in your sunglasses. I mean, it literally changes the way you see the world. Right. So those so are important sometimes. It is maybe a, a, a decent metaphor. You don't want to use them uh, at night, though, usually. So it makes it more difficult to Typically, see. Typically, no. Typically, no. It makes it much more difficult to Unless see. Unless you're like in a situation where you're like, I don't want to see what the fuck is <laughs> happening right now. I'm going to throw these sunglasses on that are heavily polarized. I remember one time, I think it was a, a couple pickathon music festivals up here in, in Oregon. And... Uh, do you think that's gonna piss off the people that actually live here? That I call it Oregon. Yeah, just to just no, to I mess with them. I think it's endearing. I, I like mean, it. I think it's really funny when people from the Midwest and the East Coast call it Oregon. I do too. So I like to, uh, I like and to. And we're send all about it. mispronouncing things on this podcast yeah, in a non-disrespectful way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not like an intentional. No, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, well, it is intentional. But it's not intentionally disrespectful. Hmm. I feel like some people would argue uh, with that. <laughs> or even unintentionally disrespectful. It's just you right. are intentionally mispronouncing things, but you're doing it for comedic value. And there's very low stakes on what you're mispronouncing. Oregon? Yeah. Oregon? I, fine. If anybody Harad from o Oregon. Versus Herod, <laughs> fuck it. Like, yeah. If anybody from Oregon is upset. Yeah, you can go about this. You then, can, yeah, I don't get even. Out of here. Yeah, get I don't out know. of here. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you have a lovely state. Clean um, your lens. But yeah, get some get some new cheap. Get some sunglasses. lens cleaner if that if that bothers you. <laughs> oh man, this is a uh, this is a rough start. <laughs> is it? I kind of no, like. No, it. I like it. I like it. I don't know how the, how the listeners feel about it, but here we are once here again. We are. And we're gonna we're gonna jump out of our axe talk, and we're, we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna divert David. a little bit. We've been talking a lot about axe, and I think everybody's getting the message. And the message is that nobody knows how. Everybody wants to interpret the message differently. That's right. the message, right? But we wanted to uh, at some point in axe, David came up, uh, David, and he is a very important bib biblical bi blah blah blah. Biblical figure was that that was an intentional misannunciation? Nope, it was not. It was not. That was fueled by who the fuck knows what. Uh, but yeah, David, super important figure in the Bible and um, very interesting. Has an amazing origin story, which we're gonna dive into today. And I thought this would be sort of a fun little side segment of like 
you know, we'll continue on with Acts, but we thought maybe we'll uh, talk a little bit about the story of David because it is, it is interesting and he's sort of like a mythic figure. And just to give some people, give the people some context, um, this is all happening around like 1100, 1000 BC. Like this is an old story. This is an old fucking story. Um, but does have like historical value. Like David was a real person. Whether or not David actually killed Goliath and whether or not Goliath was was actually nine feet tall, we don't yeah. know for sure. Iconic story nonetheless. But this is like this is uh somewhat historically validated. Uh, and we do know that like King David was a real person who existed. Um and so yeah, but he has some like sort of mythic stories and he's considered I think David and Solomon are considered to be like two of the greatest, wisest kings of all time. Yeah. And so, uh Yeah. And man. then Trump, you know, obviously <laughs> throw Trump into the ring as well. I will say that like <laughs> I'm obviously kidding. Trump is the fucking worst. Just to so we don't mince words at all around that. I strongly dislike. It's not been a week for miscommunication. I strongly (laughs) dislike Donald Trump. Strong dislike for him. Very strong. The most strong, as he would say. Um, But there were moments reading. So the 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 book of. or the story of David starts in the middle of uh, 1 Samuel. Samuel was a prophet um, of the Old Testament and is recognized by all the Abrahamic faiths. Um, so, yeah, we're sort of in the middle of 1 Samuel. And, like, reading it sort of... I couldn't help but, like, I Trump's voice kept coming into my head, like, as I was reading it. Like, it as sort who? of As the narrator. Like, it sort of just felt like as he the Lord? was... No, as like the narrator of the history of the story, story, it just felt sort of like Trump speak the way that it was written. And we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, it was interesting to me that that just kept like jumping up. And I sort of just felt like I could hear this like, and then in the many days, like, (laughs) you know, I can't do a Trump impression, but, you know. America's the best. We've always been the best. We'll keep being the best. That's like a that's like a Ringo meets JFK <laughs> impersonation. Yeah. That was terrible. I can't, I can't do one either. We're both terrible at it. Yeah. yeah, we're not gonna. We just won't ever try that again. I I solemnly swear. I'm not gonna. You, I'm not. You won't. No, I'll give a Trump a shot again. Okay. It's the best. It's always been. The- <laughs> no, no. See, no. If somebody could at least, I don't know. I'm the only one that gets the. Uh, I get to see the mannerisms and stuff, and right, I thought I that like that's what kind of sold that. The face. I had the face and the hand gestures down, yeah. but the voice needs some work. Yeah. We'll we'll practice on our own time, and we'll we'll try that again in, in on a future date. I'm too busy working on my my Saul and my my Paul and all the other disciples. You know. Oh, you, oh, you're doing impressions <laughs> no. of these historical no. figures? No, but if anybody wants to see good ones, you just you just look up these these specific sections. Any section you want to look up in the Bible and search it on YouTube, and you will get some very entertaining content Hell yeah. of the Bible being played out. And it's fucking horrific, but it's so bad that it's good. I watched the David vs. Goliath today. <laughs> yeah, you did. So amazing. Um, well, before we dive in to this wonderful story, classic story. Um, 
tell me a little bit about about your week and how I can pray for you, Daniel. Oh my, what has this week been? This week is about like continuing to, you know, you sent me a great meme today that I posted on the Bible Bud story, and Fantastic it's uh, it's like one one slide is like you and your messy emotional life. Yeah, and, and it's just emotions. like a jumbled mess. And then the next one is like you preaching to these people kind of. Yeah, like, and it's a picture of the Buddha like <laughs> preaching towards Putting out disciples. knowledge yeah. and whatnot. And um, that is I feel so, that. that is so indicative of specifically me, I think, on this podcast. And again, I like I want to reiterate that like anytime I'm on my high horse, I'm really talking to myself. I'm not talking to the audience. I'm just like trying to like talk myself off the ledge. But it is so true of like being an emotional mess and then other people run into shit and you're like, you know what you should do? Have you tried meditation? <laughs> well, you want to be better, right? I was just talking about this uh, to this dude. His name is Retro Champ. He's out of St. Louis. Um, he's a rapper out of St. Louis, really talented dude. And we were talking about, yeah, something really s- similar. He has this line in his lyrics where he's saying... I'm writing I'm writing these peace songs but my mind and my spirit don't get along. And oh, he's just hell yeah. and he's just you know and and he's kind of having that thing. He's like, "Dude, how the fuck am I out here?" He was asking me. He's like, "How am I out here, you know, telling these people hitting them with peace and and lines of hope, but you know, internally I'm fucking a mess." And um you know, he was like, "How does that look?" And I'm not sure he was actually you know, asking me for an answer, but I told him that I think, you know, going through his, his music and the, and the stuff that he's actually like diving into, I think it just like, looks like, you know, you're a person that's trying to reach these, Mm -hmm. these higher planes, you know, whether you're achieving it or not, you're at least you're, you know, it's lodged in there somewhere that you want to be the light. You know, he was telling me, Hey, I want to be the light. And like, I think that's the same thing that we're, often doing here it's like yeah. yo we want to be better it's the and- striving it's the re- the growth is in the return um but we find ourselves in our in these moments like i found myself in a moment today a very not spiritually awake moment um where i went to i've been working i'm i started a new job this week so i've been like working long hard hours like trying to get through a bunch of onboarding stuff learning a ton of stuff whatever Um, so lunch breaks have sort of been all over the place. I actually haven't taken one this week until today. And today I was like, you know what? Like I want, I don't want to just eat like fucking, you know, apples and peanut butter from my kitchen. Like I want like a real lunch. So, uh, I went down the street to a taco truck. Um, and it was probably like two o'clock that I got there and I had a meeting at three. So I was like, I have plenty of time. I haven't taken a break yet today. I've been working since 8 a.m. Like, I'm just going to get these tacos. I'm going to cruise back, eat them. I have plenty of time to like chill and decompress before my meeting at three. So I order my tacos uh, and then I'm waiting. 215, 220 rolls around. And at some point in, the, in there, like maybe around 210, someone else had come up and ordered tacos. And then, like, around, like, 2.20, like, they got their tacos, and I'm still waiting. And I was like, well, I ordered a fish taco. Maybe the fish taco, like, takes longer time. So I didn't want to say anything. But, like, they're making eye contact with me. Like, they see me waiting. It's not like I'm, like, off in the corner, like, gone. Like, I'm right fucking there. 
mask on, by the way, because um, I'm not a dick. Um, and so then another person comes up around 2.25 and orders tacos. And they get their tacos at, like, fucking 2.30, like, immediately. The two people ordered three tacos each. They got all six tacos, like, five minutes later. And so then I'm looking, I'm standing there, and I'm, like, clearly fucking annoyed. Like, you can, anybody who looks at me can tell this cross-armed, surly-faced motherfucker is super annoyed about something. So finally, one of the cooks who had just come back from a smoke break is like, what's up, dude? Like, clearly, like, you're annoyed about something. And I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for fucking 25, 30 minutes for these tacos. Like, I wasn't that sharp about it, but I was (laughs) clearly pissed. I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for, like, 25 minutes for these tacos, and... And he was like, what did you have? And I told him, and he was like, all right. And then they started making... So, like, they just weren't making my tacos. Right. Your order, my your order, order got, got misplaced. Got completely passed over. But, like, it's... I mean, shit happens. But also, it was like, yo, I mean, I came up and ordered, and, like, one other person came up and ordered, and then one other... Like, it's not like you were slammed with a huge line. Yeah. Like, this is sort of like, come on. So... Fine, whatever. Like, it happened. I was like, okay, fine. Tacos are coming. I still got home in time, like, to eat the tacos and make the 3 o'clock meeting. But I ended up waiting, like, 35 minutes for these fucking tacos. But when they gave them to me, she was like, hey, so sorry about that. And I was just like, thanks. And fucking snatched them and left. Because in the moment, I was so pissed And I was like, so sorry about that? How about free fucking tacos? Like, how about a taco voucher? How about an offering of a free Coca-Cola? Fucking something. You made me wait almost 40 minutes for these fucking tacos. Like, you guys straight up forgot my order. What kind of customer service is that? Like, I'm just, like, reeling over here. (laughs) And then I get home, and I eat my tacos, and I become unhangry, and I realize, like, I'm the fucking dick. Period. Period. Yes, yes, this, like, taco truck had a moment, but also, like, they're people, and they're allowed to have mistakes, and they did their best, and, like, they, the tacos were still delicious. They didn't fucking spit in them or anything, even though I was a dick. Um, so, like, it was... The, the suffering in that moment was me being super fucking pissed about me waiting, as opposed to, like, it could have been completely different if I had just been, like... I could have thought it was sort of funny of like, oh, or it's kind of funny that like they forgot and like, but also kind of funny that like it still worked out like timing wise, like I'm still going to make my meeting. There's no harm done. Yeah. Other than that, I had to wait. It was kind of hot outside and I had to wait outside for a little while. But yeah, it's really not that fucking big of a deal. But I was so worked up in that moment. I was so worked up and I wanted to lay into them and I feel like. The only, uh, the only evidence of me being like having done any spiritual work was the fact that I didn't say like "what the fuck" like lay into because I won't. There was a part of me that really wanted to, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I did, but I was still kind and of a that, dick. I I feel you know, not to go too deep or heavy with it, but I feel like that's just like the part of yeah, that's 
that's the ego, man. That's the fucking you want to fucking like let these people know that you've I'm entitled you've to these tacos me. within yeah. under 15 minutes. And it's just like, yeah, the reality is, I don't know. I've worked in in food service or like some sort of retail food service business for I don't know, man, 15 years almost now and especially with something like that where there's probably a lot of like handwritten tickets or even just like a small amount of them or in like a tight space you know every once in a while a fucking ticket hits the floor and you don't see that ticket and it's right. just just not being made and you have no idea I and yeah maybe was, they could have had I was more recognition right that you're standing the there the person who took my order was standing at the front still looking at me fucking twiddling my thumbs waiting for this order after she had like after she had taken my order so i'm just sort of like also like and then other people coming and getting their order so i was just like what the fuck like i get it i get that part too even still even with that there's really no excuse for being that worked up about it absolutely they are making food for me yes i'm paying for it but they are making food for me in the middle of a global pandemic Right. There's really no room for me to be a fucking asshole about it. And also, like, I've, I think you definitely have a right to be upset about the situation in some way. You know, that it's not going the way it should have right. gone. I was trying okay. to get in and out. I was trying to but order tacos, like, be out in 10 minutes with my tacos, go home, eat them. And it was it yeah. took three times as long. But it is, I guess, on you of, of like, how you personally handle that situation and what level you let it rile you up because like you right. said ends up being just a waste because you made it home in time you got to have the tacos the tacos were dope if the tacos would have sucked oh, that been a whole so nother, good that would have been a whole nother thing and yes <clears throat> someone with better customer service um maybe maybe whomever is just like not having a dope day you know, we always have to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. No idea what that person is, For sure. is dealing with in their own life. And it could be much bigger than offering you free tacos. But yeah, like anytime something gets fucked up at the bakery, you know, I'm always offering you probably something even more than you originally even paid for. It's like, you know, have this one, but here's one more too for right. like next time or whatever. Right. You know, so I think, you know, that part could have been handled a little bit more better too and for maybe sure. that would have sent you away with with a less snarky thanks for when but you got your food also that entitlement that i felt was sort of gross where i was like even preemptively before i even received my tacos i was like they better make this fucking shit free they better or else or else what i'm not going to do anything i was like sort of like as, as i'm walking to my car i was like i should write a fucking yelp review and be like they fucking blah, blah, blah. and i was like i'm not that person i'm not going to do that um the reality is is that taco truck is fucking dope it's called little conejo it's in the mississippi uh food cart like next to prost their tacos are fucking delicious yeah they sort of like got a little screwy with me today but Dude, those tacos are lights out. So. And also, they were not rude to you about this interaction. No, they were not rude. They, they just, were not rude. They fucked up, yeah. and they didn't really, like, handle the fuck up super well other than, like, just, like, making my making me my tacos. But I think even, even just an acknowledgement of, like, hey, uh, super sorry, like, we just, the order got lost in the shuffle. We're making it right now. It'll be ready soon. They didn't even really acknowledge that. I just, like, explained to them what my order was, and then they were, like, to a different person, and then he was like, okay, cool, and then he was like, cool, it'll be out soon. And I was like, okay, cool, so you're, like, just making it now, like, 
30 minutes after I ordered them. Yeah, dude, that's rough. I've seen that happen with pizza. And yeah, it's not always easy but, to cover up, but it, but it, still a good a good business, great tacos. I've I've gotten tacos from them many times before. I've never had a problem. So yeah, the this thought isn't going like, to keep you from going back. No, there, the obviously. thought of, and I in the moment I was like, I'll never fucking come back here again. <laughs> I did have that thought, but I'm just like, no, it's not. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's a one time. This is like yeah, it's a one time thing and. And I was obviously, like, hangry. I'd only had, like, a snack that day or today, like, prior to that. You know, I'd only had fucking apples and peanut butter and shit. So, like, I was I was fucking hungry. Like, I was very hungry. And anyways, I just think it's interesting. We catch ourselves in these moments where um, we have some kind of, like, psychophysiological response to something that happens to us and it like triggers us in a way that is like super visceral like you get fucking pissed about your tacos or whatever it is and it's it's in those moments that you're really tested of like how much have you been doing the work on your soul because it's moments like that where like it's gonna really show um because someone who was like doing the fucking serious work on their soul, they would have just laughed it off. And I think I was like somewhere in the middle. Like, I didn't like, I didn't shit on them. I didn't do it post haste, like on the internet. I didn't do it in person. I was a little bit salty to them. Like I wasn't like smiley, like, thank you so much for my tacos. I was sort of just like, yeah, thanks. Bye. Like it was an implied fuck you, but I didn't say fuck you. But still, I think that there's, like, a deeper level where it could just sort of be, like, hey, like, like I could have looked at... What if, What about this? Like, they know that they fucked up. What if I looked at them and said, hey, I know that you guys sort of, like, lost this order. Like, I just want to say, like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And I'm super forward, like, looking forward to eating these tacos. And I know they're going to be delicious. And thank you for making them for me. And then walk <laughs> away. What a game changer that would have oh, been. Oh, that would have... T- I don't know, man. Those for are, a service industry person to they, hear that they from someone really that they appreciated sort of, it. They would have I'll, super appreciated it. And like, but I wasn't in the moment. I didn't have that in me to give that to them. And I yeah. wish that I had. You don't get a lot of that. That's for sure. Those, those calls are rare that I will get as far as somebody, uh, you know, calling to praise, to take a moment to be like, hey, I just want to let you know that I received some excellent customer service at your yeah but also what about like what about a a call like not even a call but like an in-person like you've had a bad customer experience whatever and you still look at them because you're face-to-face like if we're talking food service you're face-to-face and you just say like it's okay like i'm okay it's all fine if you could do that that's next level because at the end of the day like when the waiter doesn't bring the bill fast enough or whatever like they're not doing it to spite you. They're doing it because they're fucking busy and they like, they're a human. For sure. And, and so think- if they come and they say like, and I think a lot of people do do this. Like if the waiter comes and they bring their bill and it's been a little while and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for waiting. You just say like, not a problem. Yeah. It was not a problem. I think my experience on like in hospitality or food service has definitely increased the amount of patience i have for stuff like that 
getting wrong food orders, I'll usually never complain about it unless it's like something I won't eat, right, like which egregious. is egregious. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, but you, you know, on the on on my on a bad day for me, I I I'll let that that shit happen too. Of just yeah. kind of getting getting pretty hyped about it. But could you imagine? Like imagine you've you yourself i'm sure have observed those people let like getting pissed in a right. like ma- making I'm a big like, ruckus and you're I'm just, always scoffing at them i'm like right fucking <laughs> so you look at this karen yeah if you yeah. had to see it yeah you would not want to see yourself on video i did not evolve to karen status today maybe internally i was a little i embodied a little bit of karen yeah. but externally i did not do it oh man i would hate to see you be uh publicly humiliated but it would have been amazing if you if you did like some ridiculous tweet in this client this climate of just like i had to wait 20 minutes for tacos today it's just like ridiculous. yeah dude the world is on fire yeah fuck uh, you and your fucking tacos and you're a dickhead and also those yelp reviews where people only complain about the customer service and then say that the food was amazing those are the yelp reviews i don't really need right and this, those tacos are some of my favorite in Portland, honestly. That fucking gringa taco from Little Conejo. Uh, free plug for them. Yeah. I hope that they take this as, so a, as a free plug and not a bashing. No, uh, those tacos Darryl, are My incredible. friend Daryl is trying to take accountability for, for an incident yeah, this that, was that about, happened. This was really about me. Because those things um, are going to happen. That, that's the world that we live in. And I think... Uh, something that's cool about the Bible and other religious texts is they sort of talk about how, like, you're gonna get you're gonna get screwed. It's gonna happen. Yeah. People you love are gonna die. Things are not gonna go your way. Like this is life. You are going to suffer, and it's all about like how you respond to it. So it can be as simple as like your food takes way too long or they forgot your order or it can be as big as like, yeah, you lost, you know, a family member or a friend or a significant other or something, a child, God forbid. Uh, and all those things are horrible. I mean, the tacos less so, but losing someone is obviously horrible, but it is about how you, at the end of the day, like life is about how you respond to the suffering. Cause it's coming. No one escapes it. The storm is a coming. No one escapes it. You can't build a ship to sink. You know? You can't do that. Sure. You can't build a ship that's going to sink. No, you can't. Well, I mean, you could. Yeah. You could. could. But you shouldn't. But you should try not to. Make, but make also, sure your like, ship has no holes. But it's just like, dude, you can't place any judgment upon how someone handles the loss of anyone significant to them you know so no of course not but i do think that there's like an important um i think that and this is a total tangent now but i think that death is like one of the greatest spiritual teachers in our reality unfortunately it is yes um yeah, not to say that you don't grieve the ones that you lose, but, like, ultimately it is, like, a, an immense opportunity for you to grow spiritually when you lose something that you love so deeply, even if it's, like, a pet. I mean, I know people who, like, 
you know, you've had a dog for 15 years, you lose that dog. It's like losing a member of your family. I mean, it's really a profound loss and how you respond to that and how you process that. And again, it's not to say that like, don't grieve it, but like, if you can learn something from that, that's like, that's the real judge of life, you know? To try to learn something from the death around you. Because we're all surrounded by it right now. Yeah. Um, Louis C.K., the, the canceled Louis C.K. Prior to... Who's that now? <laughs> Louis had this bit about uh, just kind of how fucked up it is that when, you, when you're buying an animal, you're, you're buying something that you know you're going to eventually watch die. Right. <laughs> hopefully you outlive yeah, this animal yeah for sure like, <laughs> but yeah that is like the reality of of getting a new dog in the family is like hey you're probably gonna see the life of this dog you know right through right. and through and uh i don't know man yeah it's the rise from the ashes thing though for yeah. sure and yeah dude i'm doing the same thing though as far as like you know being up here trying to you know talking the good word talking the good word which i think is great but you know speaking the let go and let god thing and For uh sure. you, life just your your life experiences really shape your perception obviously and your prior experiences with people shape your perception and i think especially like in relation like romantic relationships and that is like uh difficult thing to like separate sometimes i think you know as far as maybe like bringing some baggage in about mm -hmm. like something that is irrelevant to your new situation as right. far as like speculating about behavior or whatever you know and it's just like none of this is useful you know and it's it's kind of like that yeah it's that you want to control things in an unnecessary way and i don't know for some reason i need to like check that in myself this week you know and just mm. kind of like really do some deep work on that of like yeah what are you doing like you have this great thing right now and you're like on some like on some shit that is really irrelevant to this situation and it's really right. like just a lot of like a lot building up within yourself. I think this week I learned that, um, I mean, I feel like I'm generally like pretty good about like shouldering things that come at me, processing them, processing them, reflecting upon them, hopefully in some healthy way and kind of dealing with them on my own. And I'm, sure. I'm content doing that. And it's not like a bothersome. Or maybe reacting later after you've done the processing. And like, if you need to like re reapproach the situation or talk to someone, like you've already done the work as opposed to just like fully reactive in the moment. Yeah, hopefully. But just in general, like, I think I can, I don't, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I feel like I can usually take on a fair amount and not have it weigh on my psyche like too mm -hmm. much you know and mm -hmm. i'm and i think that it's hopefully because i am processing it in some way it's not like i'm not thinking about those things and trying to just like numb it out i i do feel like i'm doing this internal look with with these things and seeing like trying to look at different perspectives within them and shit but uh i think at a certain point you know 
something breaks the camel's back, you know, and I kind of just realize that, uh, yeah, just with all this like COVID shit, I feel like I've tried to pretend that it hasn't really bothered me and like, mm-hmm. I'm cool, man. I'm just going to work. I'm still doing all the shit I usually do. And, uh, yeah, just like I've lost my major outlets like through this and just need some, like, I think I just need some, you know, to like exercise some emotional release and shit in some sure. different ways. You know, I've like kind of lost playing hockey, which was like my, became my church over the last year and the live music, I think for a while oh, i was like oh hit. like i don't it's fine like i've got records and such a hit dude yeah dude i just want to go fucking see music with a bunch of people and kind of have that that communal you experience the, the only live music that i've seen in this whole thing was fucking aside from live streams um like live in person was when i was in joseph oregon they had this car show and they had this big ass fucking rv set up with like a PA system and some dude with a fucking acoustic guitar and a, and a fucking cowboy hat doing like country covers. And he was good. Like he had a good voice and he could play the fuck out of that guitar. But he was playing like the fucking trashiest country. Like it was all shit about like my truck and my whatever, my boots and like let's put some mud on the tires and like blah, 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 blah. Like that's the only live music I've seen since fucking february it's brutal yeah it's brutal that was something that i used to do on an almost weekly basis i would go see a local show and i know you would do typically multiple usually at least one though and if not one you know you see one or two a month and it's amazing yeah, it's just good for you it's just great to so yeah that's a that's a big hit and it's sad that it'll probably be a little while until we uh can do that again and it'll be all right you know, I'm not I'm not freaking out over here. I just kind of I went off on this tangent, but I think what I was really trying to say is that I'm just I've really been making this strong effort and of of trying to approach this this new romantic relationship that's like 6 months deep now of on like the maturest communication level that I've ever For been sure. a part of and I failed myself at that this like a day this week or something and it just like yeah it fucked with me a little bit and i just felt sure. like a real dickhead daryl and uh but yeah it's a teaching moment you know and and it wasn't even a big it wasn't this did not like evolve into some fight or right. anything it was just like a moment where you know i you're like i can do i can do I better did not, than that I, I was unable to express my emotions about something and i decided mm-hmm. to like sit on it when i just shouldn't have sat on it sometimes you don't need to sit on right. something sometimes that person you know, sometimes, is waiting sometimes we could have like you, yeah you could like not burn a burn a day and just fucking just have this conversation that's going to like resolve things very quickly right. within right. minutes you know and uh yeah so that, just address that's the uh, thing and that that is uh man a necessary thing though it like shifted my week and now it's shifted it in a, in this positive way. I think you know that just like that teaching, that teaching moment. And yeah, I don't know, no doubt. Uh, yeah. So that 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 was the that was the week, man. That was that was my fucking <laughs> cool. my, my battle for the week, and uh, just trying to fucking cool. do the thing. Well, I think my taco story pretty much sums up my week. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, your taco story does sum up your week. Just kind of on edge about things. Starting a new job. I'm, it's, everything's a little all over the place, but we're settling into it, and uh, everything's going to be fine. Should we talk? Are you ready to talk about the good word? I'm ready to talk about the good word. I, uh, cool. I'm, I'm stoked to get into this so we're gonna, iconic story. We're going to talk about the story of David. Um, and David eventually becomes, you know, the king of Israel and is an, a super important biblical figure. He's the the star of David. Right. The shield of he armor. He has a star. The shield of David. He has a star. Which is such a dope symbol. I mean, growing up with just like a little bit of Jewish roots, that was a symbol that I always, I don't know, kind yeah. of identified with in some way and always just thought was really dope. And, right. And uh, it's thought that Jesus is descendant from David. I believe I could be making that up, but I'm going to, we're going to go with it. Uh, you can <laughs> fact you wanna, check us if you hey, really if want. Somebody wants to send it. I think we should hey, start saying if bullshit if just if to get an email. If you're listening to this podcast for fucking hard facts, then I don't know where you're at, Yeah, but I you need think, to get your tacos in order. I think in general, like while we're doing this thing and, and doing some internal work, this is all just like us jumping on a microphone and babbling a right. bunch of non like can we just let's just I don't want to call it bullshit that. but it's like just we're just reiter- hanging out we're just hanging we're, we're having some drinks we're smoking a little weed we're fucking you know we're just just chilling just having a we're discussion chilling. we're having a we're chat. checking in on each other's and weeks we're, we're trying we're to pray trying, for each we're other we're trying to be real about it but like you know we might miss some things so <laughs> um what we're talking about today is the book of first samuel um, and we're starting in the middle, chapter 16, which is when David is first introduced uh, in the Bible. And the way that he's introduced is essentially um, his father uh, is being asked for, like, being asked for some kind of, I guess, like a servant. Did you read chapter 16? Yeah, I read 16. So Samuel is called on by the Lord. To be right. sent to Bethlehem to go speak to Jesse, who is the father of David. There we go. Um, Jesse is, <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing this Jesse name because I'm very unfamiliar with the Bible, with the exception of I was of a little bit thrown episodes. by the name Jesse right? in there. That's what I was, was going like, to say, what? man. I do not think, I mean, not that I really see David like always identify that as a biblical name, but I'm just like, yeah, that's obviously, no, that's, never from, the, of that's Jesse from the Bible, but like a name, Jesse, though. like an uncle Jesse. When I see John Stamos, I don't I don't think this is the father of David. Right, right. You know, but anyway, so the Lord calls upon Sam and he says, yo, we're going to anoint a new king and you need to stop fucking crying about Saul, you know, kind of not being my chosen one because he's he's rejecting the Lord. That's Saul. Right. And Saul is the current king of Israel. He doesn't like what Saul's doing. The Lord does the not Lord like. The Lord does not fuck with what Saul is doing. But the Lord is going to go about this in a sort of crafty way because it's not. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is a this, this is, is like sort of sneaky. Like, all right, we're going to like sort of present this like in a sly way to Saul. Yeah. And then he's going to accept it and not realize what's happening. Yeah. So he sends Samuel in. He get and he says that you're going to go to Jesse and one of his sons is going to be my new chosen king and mm-hmm. you're going to anoint him for me. Issue is that Jesse has a lot of fucking sons. Eight. Dude, lots of sons. And also, Saul or Sam is just like, dude, Saul is going to kill me 
if he finds out right. that I'm doing this. Right. How am I going? Like, what is my move here? And the Lord says, you're going you're gonna to take this cow. You're going to take this heifer. And you're going to perform a, uh, a sacrificial ceremony in my, like, in my honor. And then you'll be fine. And so he goes to Bethlehem. He invites Jesse and um, his sons to this this deal and uh who's the the first one he sees is Eliab yeah I think it's Eliab so he sees Eliab and he I guess just by his stature Samuel is just saying to himself this has got to be this is the guy this is the guy and the Lord says no yeah this is uh, and this is a really interesting important part one of my highlighted parts in this bible is the Lord says do not consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So that's highlighted in here for for you new listeners. My favorite part about this Bible that I have is that there are these random moments that have random been highlighted highlights. because it's been gifted to me. Oh, it's and, fantastic. Uh, yeah, so that was one of the that's one of the moments that is I think that's uh, a beautiful sentiment that is highlighted that there. the Lord looks at the heart and not appearance, but we're going to get to that. Uh, later in this story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we'll uh, so, yeah, then we have another son, uh, Abinadab. Abinadab. He goes through seven of them. And, and Samuel is tells Jesse, is there any more? And he just yeah, says, just the youngest. No, 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 no. The, youngest the youngest is... Uh, but he's, a, he's herding the sheep. He's herding the sheep. And he says, "Send him in." Something that Jesus might do. And guess hey. who? The handsome, the handsome fella is is the one that so the, this the is Lord where calls I, upon immediately, him. Immediately, like that earlier verse says, like the Lord does not care about appearances, but the but the heart. And then as soon as David comes in, they're like, "He's so handsome." <laughs> He's a and real fucking like, ten. And I was like, "Well, what the fuck?" Like they just said, like the Lord doesn't care, but Samuel's over here being like. Hey, I think maybe the idea here, so though. So high. Hey, I think maybe the idea of, of his saying that he's a, he's a handsome man is that he's not like this rugged, you know, you wouldn't look at this dude and say, this is the fucking guy that I want in the ring. Oh, maybe he's like, he's a pretty man. He's like a, yeah. I mean, not, a, you know, just like, like a good a, looking dude. Maybe. It's hard to know, right? These translations... Like, this is a prime example of, like, I bet if we read this in the original language, there would be no weirdness around that verbiage. But because we're reading it in English, where there's an immediate, like, discrepancy here, where it's like, the Lord doesn't care about appearances, but apparently, like, David, who's the most handsome, gets the fucking job, gets the nod from Samuel, who is the messenger of the Lord, like... It just seemed like a sort of like weird contradiction right out of the gate. Yeah. In this story. I just saw more. I, I hear what you're saying for sure. That they bring bring up appearance at all. It was pretty unnecessary. Oh, and it comes back around. Maybe, Almost every time David gets described, it's like, yeah. and he's so handsome. Yeah. That is that is very interesting. I kind of saw it it's more like maybe. It's like whoever wrote this book was David's mom. <laughs> and was just like, could not help but amazing, say how dude. handsome he That's is. That's so good. Um I kind of tried to maybe I, I perceive that more of just don't think it's going to be like the lumberjack, the big lumberjack right. versus maybe the preppy volleyball kid. 
Right. The well, sheep herder. Young, he's the sheep kid. herder versus the warrior. I yeah, think is like what the point for was sure, too. The older one, we're, we'll get into that later. But the older sons are warriors, and David is like a small, young sheep herder. He's still a kid. He's in his like early teenage years. He's a young kid. So, anyways, he gets the nod from Samuel, um, which is uh, pretty coincidental, huh? Yeah, and so then David enters into the service of Saul. But the way he enters into the service of Saul, I think, is is also very important because Saul is battling these internal demons, right? And he's 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 been uh, the Lord has has blessed him with the evil spirit. Wait, are we there yet? I mean, that's the next section of like how David gets into Saul's You're service. Right. You're right. The, the and I thought that, that was that. so interesting that it says. Um, the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and 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 and, and, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. So not like an evil spirit from the devil, but an evil spirit from the Lord. I thought that was so interesting because it was like, God, I heard someone say this recently. I can't remember who it was. It might have been like Russell Brand or Duncan Trussell or someone who said like. I'm a very sensitive, broken person, so God must want to keep me close. And I love that because I'm like, yeah, if you, it is the broken that are like the closest to God. And and Jesus even says that. And this was sort of like a, a weird nod to that of like, the Lord is sending these evil spirits. And maybe this is like a different mythological story where it's like, no, the Lord is sending the evil spirits to try to dethrone Saul because Saul is not the rightful king of Israel, whatever, trying to make way for David. But I also just, I thought that was such an interesting distinction that like, it's not the devil. It's not the evil side that is sending the evil. It's the Lord. The Lord is, is all of it. Sending the good and sending the evil. Yeah. I mean, that's it. yourself, your higher self, dude. Sending, sending both waves at you. No doubt. And, um, I mean, the evil ones are definitely something that can, you know, internally really destroy you. I think you yeah. see that pretty commonly. And, For sure. and Saul's bot- battling with this, and his servants suggest that if they can find someone who plays the harp, that some harp music will, will uh, handsome David drive just, away the spirits. Just so happens to know how to play so he is. He you uses know. his handsome fingers and he fucking plays that art. Yeah, dude. And you know, just like you said, this is this is the Lord's crafty way of of getting David to where he needs to be. Right. And he is the cure for the person whom he is about to take the throne from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Saul has no idea. You know, he loves David. Like this is working really well. This heart playing is right. keeping away his demons. And, and David is, he just requests, you know, David's got to stick around. He loves David. Right. But David's like, I also got to tend to these sheep though. Like I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'll come yeah. and play the heart for you, but then I got to go back to Bethlehem. I got to tend to the sheep as well. Dude, I've, I went kind of deep on the, I don't know. I don't want to say I went deep, but I was thinking about the, what is the, you know, what is the metaphor or like the symbolism for the harp playing, eliminating Saul's evil spirit? And I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking about that in some way of, it's like, yeah, what happens to you 
when the music stops. You know, because oh. I know for myself, and I think I I can speak for you as well that you find great comfort in music, and yeah. especially very raw, sad music at times, where people maybe can convey an emotion that you're feeling and kind of make you feel like, oh, that's fucked up, but that yeah, makes I me feel, feel really feel great actually because seen. like I feel that way too, and now this doesn't seem like such a big thing I'm dealing with. Um, but I think when, when music kind of becomes that, you know, and you're able to, to find, find a little comfort in that, or maybe you're able to numb yourself through something you're going through by binge watching a show or movies all day, you know, it's just like, but what happens to you when you're left to deal with yourself? You know, and that's oh, yeah, when you—that's when you really have to deal with like those that's demons have, and stuff. That's when you, you know? have the dark night of the soul, like what I had at Southwester. That's just by to, myself. Yeah. That's going to sleep. There with, is no harp. That's going to sleep in the silence and shit. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, not to say that you're dealing. I don't know. Not to say that if you can't go to sleep without the TV and that's your jam to go to sleep, then then no, you have a lot a to figure that's out. A metaphor, but it's, it's a metaphor. But it is. That I don't know. That's what I, w- I was thinking about that a lot of like, what is the power of this harp? And, and, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about a little bit with, you know, I just want to go see some music. I just want to experience that thing that's going to put me in touch with something mm-hmm. or or maybe even just let me uh, drift off into this other thing for a while. For sure. But when the music stops, you know, you're kind of left with it. So I, I thought that was interesting that the harp is what. Yeah, you know, kind of kept those demons away from him, and I know that's a that's another tangent. But so, the, but so that's sort of it, though. With sixteen, is like this is the service that David is providing to Saul, and Saul is like, I'm into it, and I would like to keep this fellow around um, because it's working. And the next, so that's that's chapter sixteen. The next chapter is chapter seventeen, which is the story of David and Goliath, which. I have called an audible and decided we are going to read this story in its entirety. It's not very long. And make commentary as we go along. So <laughs> I hope that that's okay with the listeners. It's not very long. It's I mean, one it chapter. It doesn't really matter if it's okay with them. It's it's more about do you want to continue listening from right. here? If just you've know, even made it to this point. <laughs> if you have made it this far, just know we are about to read <laughs> the full story of David and Goliath. But also um, it's, it's not that long. And no, I think it's going to be great. I do want to say before we get into this, another poor segue. Like how we just go from, and then the evil spirit would leave Saul. And right, and then all of a sudden it's the like, there's the Philistines are attacking Israel. And like, yeah. yeah it's just so great. I just want to, before we get into this, I have to mention, and this is a very embarrassing admission on my end but i'm gonna do it for the sake of this podcast this last week for whatever reason i've been watching ancient aliens the first season fuck yeah um and they wait 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 are you watching ancient aliens are you watching action bronson and friends watching ancient nope, aliens? i'm watching ancient aliens That's and it seems like maybe show. i'm fucking up because i should be doing the latter <laughs> but i'm just watching the og first season of ancient aliens and they actually reference the last chat that we had, or maybe two chats ago in Acts, like where, Bible buds? where Peter <laughs> has this moment of getting rescued from jail by an angel, mm-hmm. 
and they're talking about how that was maybe an alien that came and rescued Peter. Like an abduction? Not an abduction, but just like an extraterrestrial being that came and like walked through the walls and like brought Peter out of whatever he was in and i was i was losing it as we as i was watching that dude it's either that also or it's the dark theory that i have that it's just other timeline people and they're it's the maybe the the older self but i wanted to frame that because we're going to also talk a little bit about ancient aliens as we get into this chapter and 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 (laughs) i'll bring that up when it when the time comes that's, so that's pretty great. With though. that said, are we ready, Daniel? I'll start reading chapter. Yeah, what are we uh, gonna do? Popcorn. <laughs> First Samuel chapter seventeen. Do it. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko and Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Soko and Azekah. <laughs> this is so rough. Dude, okay. Yeah. Uh, Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the Valley of Elah. And drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. So that's an important distinction. Like they're, they're like sort of like on different sides. Philistines are approaching. Israelites are like holding tight, whatever. I also have some great footnotes for these, these next attributes that yeah. you're going to describe for, for the oh, Goliath. It's so good. I have so, some, some nice breakdowns that. that uh, a champion named Goliath who was from Goth. Came out, of Phil- came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. So this is where the ancient aliens are, like the ancient alien theorists, as the show likes to call them, are like, he was obviously like an alien or an alien hybrid or some shit. He was nine feet tall. Um, there is actually a lot of interesting, compelling evidence for the existence of potential human giants. Not that they were aliens, but it is possible that there was a humanoid race, a la Bigfoot, whatever, that did exist, like, up until, like, you know, in ancient antiquity, like, that they've found some skeletons. So, there could have been a nine-foot person. That's not, like, that crazy. Um, but also, this could all be, you know, fucking bullshit. Anyways, Goliath is nine feet tall. Uh, he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor, a bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. That's about 125 pounds. Okay. So, that, yeah, that's... That's a big... That's, that's a, a lot. lot. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze uh, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. Oh, his, fifteen pounds. Okay, his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. That's what I meant. That and one. its iron point weighed six hundred shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, "Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Palestine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me." If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. If I overcome him and kill him, you'll become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. How ridiculous is it that this is how shit used to work? Where just like one warrior could be like, fucking... Let's go. Boxing match in the middle. Whoever wins fucking gets all, all the shit. Like, send your best person. Like, this is, like, some weird... But it also it's kind of great because compared to, like, actual war where so many people are going to die, to just send, like, your best of each and have it be, like, a gentleman's duel and whoever wins, like, that side fucking gets it. Yeah. It's kind of dope. It's kind of dope. That was also just still that time of survival. 
for sure. Again, we're talking like over a thousand BC. So like this is a this is a three thousand plus year old story. Do you have any historical context for who the the Philistines are? What their situation it's like is? A local. It's like a semi-local uh, kingdom. <laughs> You know, so they're it's they're local. nearby, and they're trying to they're trying to come and they're trying to take some shit from from Israel. That's it. It's like pretty standard. They're like a Eugene, Oregon, sure. in comparison to Eugene. Portland. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to describe any sort of alliance politically or no, anything but about Eugene. Eugene. Is I'm a, talking Eugene about size a, wise. Eugene is attacking Portland right now. Okay. Or maybe yeah, Seattle or whatever. Like, yeah. Or Portland is attacking Los Angeles. Maybe. Well, it's not that far. It's not that far. Okay. It's anyway. closer. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, so now David was the son of an Arephathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem and Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. So funny. It's like, yeah, we already know this shit. You just talked about it in the last chapter. The, the thing that they um, do explain better here i guess is that the other brothers are in the war right because it says the firstborn was Eliab, the second abinadab the third shama david was the youngest the three oldest followed saul but david went back and forth from saul to tend to his father's sheep at bethlehem for 40 days the philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand now jesse said to his son david take this ephah which is uh, roughly three quarter, three fifths of a bushel, which still means fucking nothing. That was it's my foot. It's fifteen pounds. It's what my what my footnotes told me was it's three fifths of, it, of a bushel, and I was like, that means absolutely nothing. But now we know it's fifteen pounds. This is so, just what this uh, BibleGateway.com. Which well, I love BibleGateway. It's yeah. great. So take this fifteen pounds of roasted grain, and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers, and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses. Boom. Mind blown. I did not know that they had cheese in 3000 BC. I thought that was like a much more recent development. So super cool. Um, take along um, these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. You know what? See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all men, all the men of Israel in the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So again, like basically David is just being asked like, those are, Just, uh, you're the youngest, like bring the shit to the warriors who are your older brothers because they're fighting the fight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's, they are fighting the fight. We shall continue. Early in the morning, <laughs> David left the flock with the shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Ah! Israel and the Palestines were drawing up. Is that, what, is that what it said? Or is that just like your interpretation That's of speaking in tongues? That's a war cry. Or maybe I was speaking in tongues. We don't know. Um, Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. 
He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. Fucking dope deal. Uh, I accept. I accept. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised? First, okay, a couple things here. This is actually great. So we're on verse 26 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. David, uh, they just said what would happen to the man who kills <laughs> Goliath. They just said, like, you're going to get the daughter of the king as your wife. Your family is going to be exempt from taxes. It's a dope deal. You're- Immediately, David goes, so what do I get if I kill him? <laughs> Fucking unbelievable, David. Hey, do you, you might think- be handsome, but Jesus, like, come on. Let me ask you this. Do you think, as a first-time reader, through this story, for someone that has no idea about David and Goliath, do you think anybody at this point in the story does not know that it's going to be David that battles Goliath? I mean, if you had no idea... Like, you go into this blind. You've never heard this reference, David and the Goliath. I don't think that anyone is, like, picking David to be the person. Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe. Maybe. Um, And then this next part is great, too, where David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I was like, what a fucking ancient diss to just be like well, and I know that that's very yet. like we're not there yet no that is the next verse that is the next no uh, I, I mean that that we're like we're not we're not into acts you know right. we're not we're not talking to I know, you know that's I just such a think, big part of the thing still I know it's a it's a Jewish thing but I just think that's such a funny it's just I such agree. a funny diss to be like this uncircumcised yeah, no, motherfucker it's, fuck it's, him yeah no, it's, it's it is a very Strike funny diss, but but we're not to that. Right again, three thousand so, years so ago, the relevance three thousand years of ago. what we're talking about in Acts, where you know people are starting, you know the Gentiles are you know being filled with the Holy Spirit and shit, and they're they're trying to uh, you know go away from those those teachings that you right. can have the uh, this this relationship with God if you're not circumcised. The understanding of the ever pervasive Holy Spirit is not quite fully formed yet. So uh, it says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine uh, that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom do you leave those few sheep in the desert? <laughs> I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. And wait, wait. And then says, uh, David says, now what have I done? Said David, can't I even speak? And I was like, damn, this is like some legit brother banter. It just never, it's always been a thing. Older brothers being yeah. like, fuck you, you conceited little fuck. And the other one's like, can I even talk? Can I exist? What the fuck? Anything that I do apparently is a problem. Yeah. Like, Go uh, back home, sheep boy. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. It's so good. Ancient brother banter it is, is fucking fantastic. It is pretty great. Um, so after that, he, he turned away. Uh, he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. Uh... And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, 
You were not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. That's pretty like, it's a lot going on in there. It's heavy. It's pretty heavy. David's got some fucking big balls confidence though. Tell you what. And I love the idea of like a fucking teenage boy being like, did that bear just walk off with one of my sheep? Fuck that. And going after the bear and killing the bear to get the sheep back. He's a protector of his sheep. David doesn't fuck around. It's actually great, great foreshadowing for what is to come from David. Right. Because David is about to be one of the greatest kings of Israel. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) And that motherfucker cares about his sheep. Anyways, Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So just like that, Saul is like, all right, well, if you've killed fucking bears and lions and whatnot, then fuck it. Try your hand against this nine foot fully armored. This is a motherfucker that like could take a legion of feds right now in Portland, like a legion of militarized police. Like he's tall. He's fully armored. He's got a giant sword. He could just fucking like start charging and swinging and probably like take down a bunch of shit i see him as like a bane character yeah you know yeah and uh interesting though that saul is uh convinced so quickly by david as he uh he's yeah he's potentially not- gonna lose his heart boy right who is very important to him yeah but we'll get into that a little bit later as well um so then saul dressed david in his own tunic he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. Here we go. So he said, fuck the sword. I'm going to go with a stone throwing and technique. fuck the armor. Yeah. He said, no armor. Like, I'm just, I have the Lord on my side and that's all I need. And I've got these stones. Yeah. And I know how to fucking wield this sling like a motherfucker. Also. David's uh, confidence is unreal in this story. Also, I think that's just also a foresight that being able to mobilization is key against this large person. Yeah. How you know, fast you can't be can restricted. this dude really move? You can't be restricted by some shit that you're not no. used to. Sometimes the small, big quick ass guy. Heavy, this big-ass heavy sword. Have you ever tried to swing a sword, Daryl? It's, like, it's heavy as fuck. It's, I've never done it, but it looks heavy. It is heavy. <laughs> so meanwhile, the Philistine with the shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, again with the fucking hands. He's so handsome. Yeah, man. And he despised Lady him. Killer. The Philistine despised him. So Goliath despises David. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? <laughs> nice diss. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, 
and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you the, car the carcasses of, Phil of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. David coming in hot with this fucking little speech, just being like... He's trying to get in their head. He's like, dude, yeah. He's trying to get in the smack in Goliath's talk. head. It's ancient smack talk featuring the Lord. It's fantastic. Featuring the Lord. Featuring the Lord. Smack talk using the Lord. It's a great technique. Try it sometime. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. I'm sorry for how choppy my reading is. My Bible, the text is so small. It's very difficult. No, I was actually going to praise you when you when you finished. And I'm um, just, I think that you've had very few stumbles and this is very impressive. I think you're doing a great well, job. Thank you. I'm personally not bored by your storytelling and I think that's a good indication, hopefully. Okay. I don't know well, what the we'll, listeners are going to think. We'll keep but going. We're almost done with the story, yeah, listeners. This is, so this just hang tight. Closing in. So as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. Fucking metal and dope. <laughs> dope move. Also pretty ancient. Just like you take your kill, you take their head so you can like parade yeah. it around, which David is about to do. Um, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward without uh with a shout and pursued the philistines to the entrance of goth and to the gates of ekron their dead were strewn along sharem the sharem road to goth and ekron good. when the israel when the israelites returned from chasing the philistines they plundered their camp david took the philistines head and brought it to jerusalem and he put the philistines weapons in his own tent don't move take the weapons so much weight to carry it's a lot as Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Are you fucking kidding me, Saul? After all of this, you just fucking had a conversation with this guy about like, okay, you know what? I, David's like, I'm going to go kill him. And Saul's like, you should probably take some armor. Let me give you some armor. He gives him the armor. David puts it on and is like, no, nah, it's too heavy. I'm just going to go with my sling. And Saul's like, cool, Lord be with you. And then as he's watching him go out there, he's like, who is that? That's where I was hearing the voice of Trump. <laughs> it's just like, wait, oh, that's Abner, great. tell me, who is that? Who is that man? And it's like, it's the fucking dude you were just talking to. The Trump is so bad. <laughs> you were just talking to him. Like five minutes ago. It's the same guy. Yeah, no, that's, I, I like your, uh, I'm glad that you're doing this Trump impersonation too, because it's so bad. 
but Abner. also I think I think that you're right. It is, Who is that man? It is it is very much that and I I love this this part though that that Saul, you know, says the Lord be with you and he's setting him up. Like he's giving him the blessing right to take over as king and he doesn't even know that it's happening. He doesn't know that he's just given the blessing right. for this to happen. And really. this little boy is about to slay a giant and fucking change the game. And so he does. Saul's confused. And he's like, who is that? Abner replied, as surely as you live, O king, I don't know. Oh, really, Abner? You oh, stupid Abner fuck? doesn't know either. Get the fuck out of here. You knew. You knew, Abner. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine... Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. Did he never know this information from I, him? I thought that he did. I Maybe not because Samuel was like an intermediary, but like... Yeah, and I guess, but... I don't know. Also, I'm lost Saul a little bit in this story. Him, like, I'm lost that Saul, Saul doesn't know. So, so Saul called for him. It's like, him. yo, Saul, this is your harp guy. Yeah. This is your harp but boy. But he didn't go to the, the dude's house. And it's probably a little less common knowledge and maybe to know. Back then, like, like the your heart boy, like you didn't even know their name. Yeah, you were just like your heart boy. You just like the the harp playing they're doing. Maybe there's not a lot of communication there. Maybe so. So but yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're just about at the end though. Uh, but why so is it so important to him to know? Saul who's, says, "Whose son are you, young man?" And David said, "I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem." And that is our introduction into the story of David. And how he slayed Goliath, the ancient alien. Um, but it is like, this is like a classic cl- classic mythic story from the Bible. Yeah. Of the slaying of Goliath by David, a child, basically, with a sling and a stone, taking down a, a fully armored warrior giant who's nine feet tall with a single shot, just boom, stone to the head. Um I don't know. There's so much there to unpack just in that story alone. This is a, the type of story that's taught to children in Bible school. Yeah. You I know? listened to a children's version on YouTube today because I thought that would be interesting to see lets, like what the simplest the, terms are that they're like yeah. teaching this story. And the simplest terms are, I think, it's just like you can overcome hard things like you can slay the giants in your life. David did it. But what are the like what are the deeper teachings of this story of David slaying the giant with just a sling and a stone? I feel like there's so many metaphors in here. I feel like one of them that's really interesting is like the fact that he accomplished this incredible feat with something so simple and without any armor. So he purposefully chose like I will go in with no armor and just the sling. Like, because I need to be able to move. So I need to not be weighed down. Yeah, mobility is key. I think it's, you know, even someone that large, the Goliath in this case, has his has his faults, right? He's this big, which means he's probably not going to be that mobile himself, especially weighed down with all of this. So that the, I think that's a big part of the symbolism here is explaining all of the the armor that that goliath has right the things that we yeah these things that are weighing him down actually and maybe if we look at this as a as a uh, metaphor for slaying the inner goliath within you um 
the inner Goliath within you has been something that has been shackled with all kinds of armor and defenses and things and whatever. Mm. There's a small opening for you to kill it, but you have yeah. to approach it with just like this like really beautiful con- uh, confidence. Handsomeness apparently is key and precision. Look with good, your stone. feel good, baby. Look good, feel good. And if you can defeat your inner Goliath, then like you can become the king of Israel within your own heart. Yeah, I like that. The inward look on it. The more, you know, internal thing with it. But also, this is just a... Yeah, this is a great story. This is one that's constantly referenced in sports. This is yeah. the, That is where I've heard this, this the most, right? This is the classic right? underdog story. David versus OG. Goliath. That's such a OG common thing that underdog. you will hear in a sports pregame show as far as commentary. And I think it's a great... Th- story man because sometimes that underdog is filled with the right like they're just feeling it the energy right. is right everybody is fucking connected and, all and they're able that. to out outplay a team that is on paper much For better sure. and they're just they're just a better they team have the heart, that day. they have the soul we all love that we all love that example of someone who's like you shouldn't have been able to do that but you did it because you you somehow channeled some kind of something. It's the fucking clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Yeah. And that's so you- interesting because it is often applied to sports. And I feel like it's not necessarily viewed in a spiritual sense. But it should be. It should be because it's, it's so spiritual to say that the David of the sports world against the Goliath of the sports world is going to somehow like dig deep and win this fucking game. Like, how are they going to do that? It's not just that Goliath is having a bad game. It's that David is fucking tapping in to something that like puts them deeply in the moment. And that team is like on fire that day. Daniel, will you turn off that fan so I can smoke a joint? Cause it's too windy over here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Um, just gonna turn it this way. I'll turn it to me. I think that's also a part of it is Goliath and those those better teams. Sometimes there's a there's another big sports thing of playing down to your opponent and or under in this case maybe underestimating your opponent where uh-huh. Goliath sees David, no armor. His weapon is... Right, he's like, I'm just going to walk over here and fucking behead this child. Yeah. I'm going to destroy this this boy in front of all of these people. And that's how it's going to shake out. So and- a useful thing that I have learned in our exploration of the Bible is to try to identify with not only the hero of the Bible, but also the other side. Right, so like we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about uh, the viewing ten yourself as as one of the as Pharisees, the, yeah, as one of the Pharisees, as the Pharaoh, right? So view yourself as Goliath, as Judas, <laughs> yeah, and viewing yourself as Goliath, and like, what are the things in your life that you look at as like, oh, this is like an easy fucking win, but that thing will actually fucking slay you if you approach it uh, without some more care and tact. Yeah. It's in overconfidence. It's a yeah. It's a it's a missile. It's it's just like a 
you spend no time or intention with that thing. So you you end up fucking fucking up this thing that should have been an easy right. win right. or something you like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just un- underestimating that the the opponent like majorly. Right. But I hear what you're saying too of just yeah, it's it's really easy to uh to fuck something up that that should be a a very like simple easy task, you know? So, I don't know. Frame, uh, yeah, I've just like always framed this so much in a in a sports sense. So it's cool to like apply it to the internal battle you're talking about, mm-hmm. the internal Goliath, or just or even just in any other, other way, like you're like you're saying right now. Of life, like my Goliath of like my tacos coming fucking too late, and it's like, how am I gonna slay that? Am I gonna slay it with like? getting super big and like whatever or am i gonna slay it with like something super simple you know and like kill it I'm with talking kindness about the internal yeah kill it with kindness the simple thing love yeah. that love that daniel yeah but there is you know there is a fire inside of david too this isn't him killing him with kindness either so it's not necessarily no. that but no david is david like i said has some fucking balls there's a dude who's claiming that he's cared, killed bears and lions with his bare hands. Yeah, David seems to know what he's about. And this opportunity to fucking big dick his brothers yeah, in front and, of them. And, like, get in with the king. So I think that's also, you know, sometimes you show up to... Uh, Life calls you in. How do you show up to it? David showed up huge. You know, the universe is going to call you in, baby. God's going to call you in however you want to frame it. Yeah, it's funny. You're going to get these opportunities. Like, how are you going to show up? Are you going to are you going to show up with the sling to face Goliath? Or are you going to be like, nah, one of my brothers should do it? Listeners are maybe already done with uh, my sports references, but I think anyone will relate to this that that plays any level of sports. And I think when when speaking about the all of the armor and whatnot, it's so funny that you, you can go out to almost any pickup game of any sport and usually the person with the flashiest gear yeah it's the worst one is either the worst one or just like very unnoticeable um where the person with the old beat up hockey gloves and the skates that are 15 years old is just the beast out there and the gear doesn't matter and they have more mobility maybe because they're they're using some some less padding, you know. Take things out of your room. Remove I've been trying David. to take shit out of my room. David took it all out of his room except for a sling and a stone. Sure did. Gave himself five shots, got it on the first one. Yeah. This is a good shift from Axe, you know? It's a nice shift. It it's got a little more action. Right. And, and it's a classic. Who can't? Who this doesn't is a know classic. I'm glad we did this one because I've, I don't know. Yeah, I've never really broken it down this way or paid Everyone attention to it in this way. Everyone knows the story. Who has actually read the story from the Bible? Like, 
most I mean, people know. Now I can. Now I, if someone asked me what the story was, I could give them some a much better version than I could prior. Like, uh, well, prior first would, off, yeah. Here's the deal with David. <laughs> Youngest of eight sons. Dave. Like, Dave doesn't Father's fuck name around. is Jesse. Yeah. Dave is he sick of all to, of his older brothers. Likes to shepherd sheep. Yeah, and he attends to his sheep. And takes care of him, their, his sheep. Indeed. And now he, he's going to have many sheep to take care of. And we should all take care of our sheep, however few or many they may be. But also try not to shepherd sheep that aren't sheep. Or sheep that aren't in your herd. Or whatever it might be. Everyone just fucking lay off each <laughs> the other. What are we talking about? Those? Everyone just lay off each other and fucking love yeah. each other a little bit. Everyone in the words of Dave's mom. Lay the fuck off each other. <laughs> it's a good quote. Maybe the best quote from. It's one of my faves. It's a. Yeah, it's a. I top, do think it's important. Quote. It's important that we all just lay the fuck off each other a little bit. Absolutely. Though I will say, dude, did I talk about this in the last podcast? The Trump. Seeing the Trump stuff and yeah. Joseph. Yeah, we talked about it. It's still fucking with me. It's, it's overwhelming. It's still fucking with me. You got to not let it strip you of your joy. And, uh, it's just, it's disheartening because I'm like, yeah, it's you a, don't it's a under- physical representation of like, fuck, man, like Trump getting, you know, not getting reelected. It's like, it's, that's not in the bag. No, we it's got not. got work to do. And like, it's hard to, Especially because it's fucking Biden. I watched the thing from Biden today. It was very nice. Like, he had good things to say, but he's an old, demented fuck. It sucks. It fucking sucks, dude. But as far as, yeah, as far as those, the the people that are actually out there with the, the Trump hats and the Trump flags... You know, oh my I God, think I, I think I think it's, it's you it is very that? look. It's very hard and it's overwhelming to to try to understand where those people are coming from, and I think that's just like that's our struggle right now. We got to figure out For how sure. to uh, sure. to live amongst those people right now and hope they're here. That um, they're a huge chunk of the country. Hope that like more cooler heads prevail, and that what we're seeing on. You know, through the eyes of the media, sometimes is maybe just a heightened version, and maybe the, and and maybe there's a lot more people that are, you know, a little more cool and calm about this. But mm-hmm. it does seem like it's it's very divided right now. It's right. it's where it's where both parties want it to be, in some ways. You know, we're For playing sure. into the divide fight. heavy, and that is the I've kind never of the seen system. it this divided. Nor even have I. even Hillary versus Trump, it was not like this, because we the the country had not experienced what it was actually going to be right. like with twenty twenty is a with this has dude been the most garbage year. It's of been my rough. entire fucking life. It's been rough, and uh, yeah, I think I saw an interesting meme today of or just a, a Twitter, maybe it was just a tweet from somebody that said, "Hey, I loved Obama." But if I saw a bunch of people in Obama shirts and Obama hats and, <clears throat> you know, just yelling Obama in places right. and just that yelling out loud. That probably wouldn't jive you. Like, well, that like pro- yeah, weird. that would also be really fucking weird. That's, and that's a why fucking all great the, point. That's why the MAGA it's motherfuckers the, it's the are so interesting. It. It's the cult aspect of it, for it's sure. It's just these, like, human trolls. 
Yeah. And uh, that's a really interesting aspect. And I don't know, man. I'm just trying to fucking. Well, we all we want to be just love, but also, you know. Don't be a fucking racist and don't be a fucking Trump supporter. And you can't be a Trump supporter and be not racist at this point. I know that sounds like some super like liberal whatever, but it's just objectively true at this point. Like Trump, if you support Trump, then you are indifferent to racism in America. Yeah, I agree with that. Even if you're not like overtly racist, you're you're not doing the least you could do is support a president or like a candidate uh, candidate for president who is not fucking that. He, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't really even need to tell people this situation anymore. He has put on display what his leadership skills are through very horrific times in 2020. And I will also say that he's had a lot to deal with Dude, because what a trip. that's that wait, is also wait, wait. like that's crazy that there's been so much to deal with. In, in, but what but, a trip. but he could have uh, I think he could have de-escalated a lot of the things that are currently taking place. And right. What a trip would it have been if like going into 2020, both you and I are still like, yeah, obviously Trump fucking sucks. Like we're not on board with it at all. But then the pandemic hits he handles it amazingly. Somehow U.S. is like the fucking least impacted major country in the world. Like our cases are super low. We just like handled it super quick. And yeah. And then and he then, stands up for Black Lives Matter. He stands up for Black Lives Matter and like handles that shit super well. And is like, you know what? We are going to like majorly redo how we fund the police we're going to allocate 60 percent of every police department 60 percent of that money is going to go back into the community to preventative programs like if he had done all of that i might have been like holy shit i mean i still like hate trump but like i kind of fucking love this right now that this is happening right he had an opportunity to revolutionize (laughs) shit and And instead he just took a giant maybe could have shifted a lot of people in the middle or a lot of people on the left maybe to even like vote for him instead of a Biden, because I don't and know too if many he, people if that he are had stoked done about all Biden. Of that, I would have. I hate to say this out loud, but like I would have maybe you done it. Maybe would have, but this I maybe yeah. would have done it because I would have been like, well, look at how he handled this like really insane year. But Dang. instead, I'm like, I will take a fucking Aflac duck over Trump for president. <laughs> I will take anything. Yeah. A it's fucking crazy, tapeworm. Man. Whatever. It's fucking crazy. A randomized computer. Anything. Anything else. A, I want a randomized computer that just gives it only gets this or the this or that questions asked to it. So it's like, should we go to war with this country or should we not? Should we agree with Black Lives Matter or should we not? Should we whatever? But yeah. should we not? And it just gets all of these like important questions and it just randomizes to yes or no. I think that machine does a better job than Trump does right now. That's what I want. It gives president. about the same amount of empathy as Trump does. And yeah, I think that's sure. the issue. Complete and I think maybe when you see what a lack of empathy he has for myself, I think maybe I align people who promote him and want to reelect him 
the same way and i shouldn't do that with all of them but that's what it makes me feel like right off the bat because how could you not see this like very clear thing that trump is just like lacking a a lot of unempathetic person yeah so i don't know man i don't want to fucking go too much deeper into this shit it's a it's a rabbit hole and most people that are listening to this show probably also agree with us Yeah, i can't imagine Um, that they wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah i said it if you're listening and you don't, what I are you that, doing? I think that's pretty dope if we have somebody that is listening, though, that doesn't yeah. align with that, dude. In some way. In some way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I love everybody. <laughs> At least I try to. If you fuck up my tacos or you... Yo, shout out Love little, Trump shout out too little, much. Shout out little Conejo, though, in Portland, Oregon. Go support them. Go get some tacos over get there. That gringa taco. In, I'm telling you, that gringa taco Portland. will change your life. All right, and, Dan. And, should we let's yeah. let's wrap this. Let's wrap it up. I uh, yeah. Great chat about David and Goliath. Links are in the episode notes. Hit us with an email, a DM, something. Um, Somebody and, ask a goddamn question. Yeah, but we appreciate. I know there's like. On average, 10 to 25 people listening to this every week. And I think that's a lot of fun that there's some people tuning into it regularly. So thank you to those people. We're really just, uh, we're just really having a good time doing this, I think, for the most part. We are. We're doing it for for us. Also, I was going to tell you this off the mics, but I can't believe that I can even tell you something. Like when you mentioned earlier that you couldn't, you that you you thought it was funny that they mentioned that it's an uncircumcised person just that i can tell you like historically now <laughs> that we're not there yet man <laughs> like it's just very that's funny a it's a, that's a that's a really yeah. funny part of like my for sure the we've information learned, i have now we've is learned that a lot i yeah i really been doing have this learned for over half a year now <laughs> and yeah and i have learned a lot about the bible and uh been able to frame things a little bit differently good things about the bible like I like to think that in season two, we're going to really find our stride. Yeah, whatever that means. Know, we're going to know some things. Season two, finding our stride. Yeah. And that might be year Are three we doing seasons? or five. <laughs> or are you just counting years? No. No, it's completely arbitrary. Okay. Like season two might start tomorrow. It might start at year three. It might start at year five. Whatever, man. We don't know, but I just think there will be a season two. Whenever that is, is we're gonna we're gonna really bring it then. So I look forward to that. <laughs> and on that note, smoke, pray, love, everyone. Don't be a racist. Bless up. Yes. Amen. <laughs>